Hello and welcome. My name is Jackie Lindahl and this is the Fit Like a Girl podcast. I am a mom, wife, an avid coffee drinker and weightlifter, as well as a personal trainer. And I own my own company called Fit Like a Girl Personal Training. In this podcast, I will help you reach your weight loss and fitness goals with no BS advice, cutting through all the myths and the crap that is out there so that you feel empowered and confident in reaching your goals. Along with fitness and health, I will also talk about many other subjects like mom stuff, life stuff, business, money, and so much more. So grab a coffee or put on your headphones and go for a walk and let's chat. Hello and welcome back to the Fit Like a Girl podcast. My name is Jackie Lindahl. Thank you so much for listening. I am back on the podcast again, unintentionally took a hiatus there for a little while, while life just got busy and work was busy. And yeah, and I actually guested on a podcast for the very first time in that time, which I'm hoping will be released soon. Um, yeah, you can check out my socials for that. Um, my social medias, I mean, for that. Um, so for today's episode, I wanted to talk about, I actually put a call out onto my Instagram because I was having, I guess, podcasting block, we'll call it. It wasn't writer's block, uh, but podcasting block where I didn't really know what to talk about. I knew that I wanted to and needed to start podcasting again, but what was I going to actually talk about? I had no idea. So what I did was just post a, uh, basically a question box on my Instagram to say, what do you want me to talk about? And one of the answers that I got, I really loved, and it was something that I've been wanting to deep dive into. Um, but just, I guess, hadn't got around to it. So it was great. So the, question or the topic at hand that was given to me was strength training and muscle growth. This person said, I went from a hardcore cardio person to strength training and I am fumbling, which I hear you. Um, so what we're going to do is chat about all things, muscle building, muscle growth, strength training, and give you a really good deep dive into how to get started for strength training, why strength training is important, how to tailor your program, how to maximize your workout results, as well as other things to keep in mind, such as what you need to do for nutrition, rest and recovery, et cetera. I'm going to cover it all today. And my goal for this episode is that you can take the information that I've given you and apply it to your current program and get the results that you want. So first things first, let's just chat a little bit about the importance of muscle building and strength training, why it's important, why it's good for your health and how it can impact things like weight loss and or other physique or aesthetic related goals. So first off, why should you strength train? Why is strength training important? Strength training is important for being able to not only get stronger, not only to build muscle mass, obviously those two things are good, but why is that important? It is important for so many different health reasons. The reasons why muscle building is so important is it helps support your bones and joints. And that makes a really big impact on the health of your bones and joints, but also the health of your bones and joints as you age and as you get older. So osteoarthritis, osteoporosis, um, having things like other joint problems and bone density issues can all be helped or, um, 
prevented with strength training, obviously strength training plus healthy diet and healthy lifestyle and all those things. But strength training is so important. It'll help keep your bones strong because the more muscle mass that you have and the more weightlifting that you do helps create better bone density, which means that as you age, your bones aren't going to be as brittle. If you fall when you're older, you're not going to be so susceptible to having injuries. I bet almost every person listening to this podcast has had a grandmother or a great grandmother have a bad fall in their later years and break a hip because they fell. That's because their bones start to get so brittle over a, as they age. And that's something that weight training and strength training can help prevent. They can help keep those bones and joints and things strong. Also helping prevent against things like osteoarthritis and help alleviate arthritis symptoms. That's one of the things that my physiotherapist and my orthopedic surgeon, um, really stressed to me when I was going through my issues with my knee surgeries and stuff, because I've had so many knee injuries, um, especially to my left knee. And I've had two surgeries on my left knee now, and I don't have much meniscus. One of the things that my doctor stressed to me was you need to continue strength training throughout your life to keep your joints healthy. And not only that, building the muscles around your joints to help support that joint so that it's less likely to buckle and less likely to have issues because you have strong muscles that are supporting it. So those are some of the really good reasons as to why, um, as far as your bones and things like that are concerned, that's why it's so important. And it's another reason why it's so important to maintain our muscle mass as we age, as we get older, are, and especially if you're not strength training, you start to lose muscle mass as you get older, which leads to, you're not going to be as strong. You're going to be weaker. You're going to be more prone to injury. And not only that, you're less mobile. So when you're doing strength training, you're squatting, you're deadlifting, you're moving your body and flexing the bones and joints and things like that, and your muscles. And it makes you more mobile, makes you more mobile. You're better balanced Okay. You can stand on one leg better when you have muscles that can actually support you. And all of those things will help prevent against falls, injuries, all those things as you get older. So if anything, (laughs) strength training and muscle building is so important just for quality of life. As we age, you don't want to be the brittle old lady at 70 years old, stuck in a wheelchair or something like that. When you could be moving around and be healthy and feel good and have good bone density and not be worried that next time you fall, you could break something and that could be detrimental to the rest of your life. So All of those things are so important as we age to help just keep up your quality of life. And you can, you know, play longer with your kids and grandkids and things like that. So if anything, do it for future you 20, 30, 40, 50 years down the road. Um, Think about how you're going to feel when you're 70 versus if you think about how you're going to feel when you're 70 years old because of strength training and how you're going to feel on the opposite end of the spectrum at 70 years old, not strength training and not looking after your health. Muscle building also can help our metabolism. Now it's not as much as we often think, but each pound of muscle that we have on our body burns more calories. So think of somebody, this is always the extreme example, but I just want you to have the image in your mind. Um, Think about somebody like Dwayne, the rock Johnson. Now he is very muscular and he has some help getting muscular allegedly. Um, (laughs) but he's a very muscular man. And because of that, he burns a crazy amount of calories a day, just based on his size and his muscle density alone. Now, 
obviously an extreme example, and we're not building muscle for the goal of getting to look like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. No. Um, we, but somebody like him burns a lot of calories in a day because of the amount of muscle mass that he has. So every pound of muscle that we have on our body burns the science is mixed on it, but it's anywhere between like five to 10 calories. Okay. So let's say, and it's, so it's really not a ton, but it is help. It helps. It helps increase our, what, it, what we call our basal metabolic rate. So basically just meaning your basal metabolic rate is the amount of calories that you burn in a day, just existing, just being alive, not moving, breathing, or not moving, but you're breathing and your heart beating and your brain is working. Our BMR and the more muscle mass that we have on our bodies, the slightly higher our BMR is. So it's not a whole lot, but it does help. Not only the effects on metabolism and things like that, but aesthetically, so talking about visually, Building muscle mass and strength training helps to shape and tone our body. So when people think of that toned look, when they say that they want to tone, what you really want is to build a little bit of muscle mass and lose a little bit of body fat. So building that muscle mass through strength training is beneficial to help shape the shoulders. If you want to build a booty and you don't want to get a Brazilian butt lift or whatever the heck it is, um, I think it's a Brazilian butt lift. I'm not sure. But anyways, you don't want to do that. <laughs> then you can build muscle mass to help shape your body and things like that, as well as um, getting toned arms and all that kind of stuff. Building muscle mass helps do that, as well as adjusting our nutrition for losing body fat. One other thing to note, it's kind of going to the wayside now as strength training and the benefits of strength training become more popular, but I still get occasionally a little bit of pushback on strength training where I'll have somebody ask me, I, will it make me bulky? Or they'll say like, I, a woman especially will say, I don't want to be bulky with strength training. So number one, women, especially, we don't have the same hormones and tendency to build muscle mass as men do. Men do build muscle mass, unfortunately, more easily because of their hormones and their genes, their genetics. Women, not so much, but we can build muscle mass. Yes. Are there some women who build a lot of muscle mass, like professional athletes, CrossFit athletes, powerlifters, et cetera? Yeah. Yeah. But, but those women are in very high competition sports. They are athletes. They are paid and compete to be the top in their sport. So yes, they are going to be jacked. They're going to have a lot of muscle mass and they're going to be strong as fuck. Those women's programs and their nutrition and everything like that, that they do is tailored specifically for that type of muscle growth. The average woman like you and I, who just want to look better, feel better, maybe lose a little bit of weight, uh, be healthy for our families and our kids, all that. We're not going to build muscle mass like them because we aren't professional athletes at the top of our game looking to build that type of muscle mass. So just wanted to let you know that, that if you are scared of lifting weights because you're scared that you're going to gain a ton of muscle mass, casually lifting three to five times a week and eating some protein is not going to get you there. You don't build that kind of muscle mass by accident and picking up a 20 pound weight at the gym is not going to get you to look like a jacked CrossFit athlete. And I'm not talking, and I'm not saying this, saying that those women look bad. They don't. To me, when I see those women, they look amazing and their athleticism and what they can 
do is absolutely fucking incredible. Like their athleticism, their strength, their dedication, the work that they put into it is absolutely fucking incredible. And there's a reason why they're at the top of their game. So I'm not saying that to bash women in those sports. I admire them. And I think that they're amazing. I'm just talking about in general terms, some women will say that to me and that's, you know, my rebuttal, I guess I'll say to them that you're not going to get there because you're not an athlete like they are. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having different goals. Anyways, that's my little tangent for the day. So let's also talk about building muscle and strength and building strength. You can build muscle and build strength. Okay. And then you can also build strength without building a ton of muscle. So think about what I mean is picture in your mind, the power lifters who have a ton of muscle and a ton of strength ton of muscle and a ton of strength. And then you also have figure skaters, gymnasts, dancers who are incredibly strong, but not super jacked and don't have a ton of muscle. So think about like a gymnast or somebody, like all the things that a gymnast can do, they're doing E, like they can do pull-ups with ease. They're oftentimes, um, especially also, um, another, group to put in there are cheerleaders, that they can hold freaking people over top of their heads, figure skaters, um, even the men's figure skater. If you have the partner divisions, a man is holding a woman, like an entire person up above their head, oftentimes in a figure skating competition, but they're not super jacked looking guys. So you can build an incredible amount of strength without getting super crazy jacked. So there you go. I hope that helps put your mind at ease. The programs and things like that are different. Like a gymnast weightlifting program is going to be very different from a bodybuilder or a powerlifters program because they're totally different goals. Um, both are incredibly strong and do incredible things with their body, but one is definitely going to have more muscle mass than the other. So keeping that in mind, um, as far as muscle building advantages and things like that go, that's some of the gist of it. There's definitely more things that I could get into and more nuances of things, but I just want to give the general idea of why you would want to build muscle. The other reason why that I haven't talked about it a ton, but I will chat about it a little bit is for weight loss. So definitely if your goal is weight loss, like I mentioned before, with the effects on the metabolism and the workouts and things like that, as well as toning and shaping your body, if your goal is weight loss and you're wanting to exercise to complement your diet for weight loss, definitely adding in strength training will be huge for that in that you'll be able to shape your body, uh, help your metabolism and things like that to help aid in your weight loss. A common topic that gets brought up is weight training versus cardio. Why should I do weight training? Why should I do cardio? Is one better than the other? And I've touched on this subject before, but I feel like sometimes it needs to be repeated. Weight training and cardio training are different. They are not the same. It's comparing apples and oranges. A lot of people will compare weight training and cardio training and say that one's better than the other. But one isn't better than the other because they're different and they do different functions in the body and they're both necessary. I used to be a part of the, I just strength train. I never do cardio. Um, I fell into that definitely when bodybuilding became quite popular in like 2015, 2016, bodybuilding was quite popular. And I fell into that trap of like no cardio, just strength training only. Um, not really understanding the difference between them and that they're totally different. So 
weight training helps build muscle, helps your bone density, uh, strength and all that kind of stuff, mobility and cardio on the other hand is your heart and lung health and your endurance and your aerobic capacity. They're different. They train different things. So it's good to do both. It's nice to have a good balance of both. I don't really feel like you should be doing one over the other. It's you need to have a mix. So even if you're a marathon runner, you should be doing strength training to help um, complement your running training to help increase your muscle mass, which makes you a more efficient runner, less prone to injuries, better balance, all those things. And vice versa. If you're a bodybuilder wanting to focus on strength training, building muscle, all that kind of stuff, you should be doing some cardio for your heart and lung health and endurance and things like that. It's not just one or the other. It is both. So let's chat a little bit about programming. That's kind of the main thing that I feel like a lot of people are going to have questions on is how do I program strength training? Where do I even start? Do I need to go to a gym? How many days a week should I do it? How long should I do it for? When can I expect results? All these questions. So I'm going to go over all of those topics and hopefully provide a lot of clarification for you so that you know exactly how to start for your workouts. As far as programming goes, there's a few things that we need to keep in mind and I'll go over each of them. How many days a week are you doing it? How consistent are you at it? Are you implementing a progressive overload? What's your intensity like? And how long are you doing it to expect results? And as well, the other topic being your rest and recovery, because that's super important. So let's chat a little bit about um, how many days a week that you should be strength training. So if you're looking to gain muscle or gain strength, a good range, I always like to give a range because it doesn't, saying one number never works for everybody. So a good range to aim for, for strength training, how many days a week should you be strength training is about three to five times a week. And you don't need to be strength training for hours and hours in the gym and doing, you know, 12 different exercises per workout. Three to five times a week, for about 45 minutes to an hour, doing anywhere from four to eight, we'll say, or four to six exercises per workout is a fantastic split up. And the reason why I say three to five and not two is because two days a week, it's it's better than nothing. So trust me, if you need to start it two days a week, fantastic. Like it's a start. But if we're looking for ideal gains and strength gains and seeing progress, if you can get it to three to five times a week, that would be ideal. Like I said, two days a week is nothing to sneeze at. It's better than zero. So don't think if you're doing two days a week that you're doing yourself a disservice. Anything is better than nothing. So if you're starting with two days a week, that is fantastic. Keep doing you. Um, The reason why I didn't say six or seven days a week is oftentimes when we get into six or seven days a week, it can be too much and we're not getting ample recovery time. Now that's not saying that you have to be inactive on your days off. If anything, walking, getting in some steps, maybe some light cardio. Um, those are fantastic things to do on rest days. So it doesn't mean that if you're working out five days a week, Monday to Friday, and then Saturday, Sunday, all you do is sit on the couch all day. That's not saying that is not it at all. What I'm saying is, is giving the weights a break so that your tissues and your muscles can repair and then grow. 
So three to five times a week is perfect. Most of my clients are anywhere between three to four days a week. I myself love a four day a week um, workout schedule as far as strength training goes. I find for me and my schedule in my life, as well as the progress that I make, it's perfect. It's enough that I'm getting strength gains and muscle gains and I'm noticing differences, but it's not consuming my life either. And I can easily fit in other activities as I like. So three to five times a week. Again, I mentioned also 45 minutes to an hour long workout. You don't need to be doing two hour long workouts. That's a big misconception. I actually have quite a few clients come to me and they are doing two hours in the gym or an hour and a half long workout. And I'll have to, and I say to them, like, you don't need to do that long of a workout. Because if you're doing that long of a workout, you're usually a not able to bring the intensity that you really need to make changes and make gains in that workout. Oftentimes you're doing too many exercises, too many reps. It's not tailored enough and you're not able to actually really hit each set at the intensity that you need to make a difference. It's oftentimes kind of a half-assed workout that you feel like you have to keep doing more exercises to make a difference. So keep the workouts shorter. I usually will aim for four to six, sometimes up to seven or eight exercises, depending on the workout and depending on the client. Um, per workout. And the goal of that workout is to bring in enough intensity. And I'll talk about intensity here in a little bit, but just know that you don't need to be at the gym for two hours to make a difference. Anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour at tops, including warm up and cool down is perfect. So how would you split up each of the workouts? I'll give a little bit of a general thing, but just know that what works for you is what works for you. And if you found a split up as far as upper body versus lower body versus full body that works for you, fantastic. This is just some general advice that you can apply to your workouts and see if it helps. So if you're doing a three day a week split, I really love an upper body, lower body, and then a full body split. So you're hitting each muscle group at least twice a week that way. So I'm doing day one, we'll say for example, is upper body day two, for example, is lower body. And then day three is full body where it's a mix of upper body and lower body. I personally like to sprinkle in core exercises on each day, um, rather than having like a core day. That's just my personal preference as a trainer, because who the fuck wants to do a core day? Nobody. Um, with a three day a week split, it's nice to have it where you can at least have a day break in between each one. So say, for example, if you're starting your workouts on Monday, you can do day one on Monday, day two on Wednesday, day three on Friday. Um, I really like that kind of a split up and a lot of my clients do that. Um, yeah, for four days a week, I really love two upper body days, two lower body days, and then I'll alternate upper, lower, upper, lower, or lower, upper, lower, upper. Um, I find that that's a great split up. It's my favorite personally. Um, so I'm a little bit biased towards it, <laughs> but you're hitting each major muscle group twice a week. Um, what I love to do and what you can do if you want is you can do like a push day on one upper body day and then a pull day on the other body, upper body day. So you're kind of hitting, um, the, main groups of your upper body in different ways. Same thing with lower body. You could do a lower body push day or a squat day and then a lower body deadlift day. So you're not doing them on the same day. Um, 
Yeah. So that's, I love a four day a week split up. It's not saying that three days a week is bad. It's not, you can accomplish great things with a three day a week schedule. And if it works better in your schedule, fantastic. If you can do four days a week, great. And I find overall for most people, four days a week is perfect. You don't really need to do five days a week. Um, but four days a week is perfect in that you can get in each of the main muscle groups twice a week. You can do a little bit of core on each day. Um, and you still have plenty of time for rest and recovery and cardio and things like that as well. So, um, my thoughts on that five day a week split, you can split five days a week, a few different ways. One of the ways that I will split five days a week for a client is, uh, similar to four days a week, but then I'll add in like a different type of workout, like a circuit or a high intensity, um, interval training workout, like a hit workout or something like that on the fifth day, uh, just for a bit of variety and a bit of fun. You could also do more of like a bodybuilding style workout where you do like, um, for example, chest and chest and triceps on one day and then kind of back and biceps and core another day, then you can do, uh, lower body day and then another lower body day and a full body day, or you can do another upper body day. Like you can split five days a week up really a lot of different ways. And you can kind of break things down into more of the smaller muscle groups. Uh, yeah, five days a week is good. Just making sure that you're getting an ample rest and recovery on your rest days. And that's kind of the main thing with that. I don't really have any clients that do five days a week. I think I have like one client that does five days a week currently right now. Um, yeah, so it's up to you what you want to do, but anywhere between three to five days a week is kind of ideal for strength training to get the maximum amount of muscle gains and health benefits and strength gains all at the same time. So let's talk a little bit about uh, gym versus at-home workouts and things like that and what kind of equipment that you can use for um, strength training and resistance training. Uh, so do you need a gym to build muscle and strength uh, to build muscle and make strength gains and stuff like that? No, you don't. Um, you don't necessarily need a gym, but you are going to need equipment. There comes a time where body weight exercises just aren't going to cut it. Your body is going to get used to it. So yes, if you're very, very new, brand new to exercise for the first little bit, yeah, body weight's probably going to be a lot and you're going to see some progress with body weight, which is great. There's going to be a time where you're going to have to keep adding intensity to your workouts, a progressive overload, which I'll touch on here in a bit, but you're going to need to keep adding weight or something like that. And body weight exercises just aren't going to cut it. And your body isn't going to respond to that stimulus and change. So you're going to have to get some sort of equipment for at home. What's a great place to start for at home. If you have a set of dumbbells, kettlebell at home is fantastic to start with. I really encourage people to get, if you can, multiple sets of dumbbells, each kind of different weights, just so that you have options to choose from. Because again, same thing with bodyweight exercises. If you only have a set of 10 pounds, you're going to get past that. You're going to get strong enough where that 10 pounds is not cutting it anymore. And your body's not going to respond to that stimulus. So definitely I recommend getting multiple uh, dumbbells and multiple weights, or even better, get some interchangeable weights. We got like those, uh, this is not an ad because <laughs> there's no way that they would ever pay me for this, but we got like the Bowflex ones with the little like clicky things on the side. Um, 
I really like those. They're a little bit cumbersome and big, um, and you can't drop them, which is kind of like some criticism that I have of it. But overall, as far as having a wide variety of weights that I can use, I love them. And I, they're just right there. They don't take up a ton of space. But if you can find like a dumbbell rack with various different sizes, excellent. Or you just keep buying weights as you get stronger and stronger. Amazing. Like whatever you got to do, but just understand that you're going to need a variety of weights and just having one or two sets of dumbbells isn't going to cut it in the long term. You're not going to keep seeing progress and you're going to need more weight. It's one thing that I really stress to my clients is that you are going to have to get some more weights. Like where, if you have just a few or a couple dumbbells to start and again, you're brand new, excellent. Use what you have. But as far as long-term results and to continue seeing progress, you're going to need to have different uh, weights and heavier weights of dumbbells or kettlebells or whatever it might be. Um, A lot of people ask about resistance bands. Resistance bands are a good tool that you can use. Uh, you can use resistance bands to get stronger and things like that, but I also recommend having dumbbells as well. Uh, just because there's only so many things that you can do with a resistance band that a dumbbell can really add to, I would say, or you can do more with a dumbbell. So resistance bands are great. They're especially great for upper body exercises. Um, so those are excellent too. And you can order some off of Amazon for like super cheap and use those to start if you really need to. So yeah, do you need a gym? A gym is handy. The heavier that you lift, the more weights that you're going to have to accumulate at home. And for some people, the cost of getting more and more weights just isn't worth it, or they just want the variety that the gym has. And that's fantastic. So yeah, I currently work out at home. We got ourselves a setup though for at home and I have pretty much everything that I could ever need for that. But yeah, it was a, it was a decent investment that we had to make, but it was a choice that we made because we don't live in town anymore. And it's inconvenient for us to drive into town, to go to the city for, for us, it was the best investment to just buy equipment for at home. So you decide what's best for you and what's right for you. There's really no wrong answer. You just kind of have to be aware of the pros and cons of both. Um, but either way, you're going to need a variety of weights so that you can continue to push yourself. So let's, before I talk about progressive overload, one thing that I should have already talked about, and I kind of skipped over is how do muscles grow and why does strength training actually work? And so let's chat about that. So the way that muscles grow is that the muscle has to experience a stimulus. So let's just take, for example, a bicep curl. The bicep curl is the stimulus. That is what's going to cause the muscles to need to change and grow. But when your muscles grow and when they actually experience growth is during recovery. So the way it works is while I'm doing a bicep curl or whatever exercise it might be, I'm actually, if I'm lifting with enough weight to create enough of a stimulus, what I'm actually doing is creating little teeny tiny micro tears in my muscle. And these micro tears are not harmful, but what my body now has to do because my muscles have teeny tiny tears in them is I have, is the body now has to go and repair those tiny tears. So what they do is they repair those tears with more muscle tissue. That's where nutrition comes into play because you need proper nutrition to help create that growth. Um, and I'll talk about that one later, but those 
muscles are repairing themselves with more muscle tissue, which in turn causes growth. And that's how your muscles grow over time is just constant little tiny tears from that stimulus. And then your body needs to recover. And it's during recovery that your muscles build that tissue and repair it, which causes it to grow. So it's actually a pretty kind of neat thing that essentially you're kind of like breaking down the muscle to build it up, which is like, a wonderful metaphor for life. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but that's how it works. And that's also why like rest and recovery is so important and proper intensity is important. So let's talk about progressive overload. Progressive overload means that over time you are continually pushing yourself to lift more. So I'm either lifting more weight, more reps, more sets, whatever it might be. Sometimes, um, progressive overload can also be slowing down the tempo or speeding up the tempo. All of those things create a progressive overload. And that basically just means that you are continually challenging yourself over time so that as you get stronger, you're continuing to challenge yourself to continue to create that stimulus that your muscles have to adapt and change. If you're not having a progressive overload, your muscles are not going to adapt and change. They're going to stay the same. And that's where your progress will get stagnant. That's why I mentioned before, if you're going to get weights and you need to invest in weights for at home, you need to get a variety of weights. I know that over time you're going to have to get more and more and more weights because you're going to have to continually push yourself to lift more and things like that so that you'll keep seeing results and keep seeing muscle and strength gains. So next thing is let's talk about intensity. I mentioned intensity a few times and this is really important. The importance of intensity is that you're going to be creating a stimulus. You need to create a stimulus for those muscles to make, create those little micro tears to grow. Intensity is important because if you're not lifting enough and you're not pushing yourself enough, in other words, you're not giving enough effort into your workouts, nothing's going to happen. You're not going to see shit for results. So you do need to have enough intensity on the flip side. You don't want to be killing yourself with each workout either because your body needs to recover. So if you're killing yourself with each and every workout every single week, your body is going to burn out and you're not going to recover enough. So there is a fine line. Most people, especially women, I find they attribute intensity to sweating and heart rate. But intensity for weightlifting is different than intensity for cardio training which is why women love cardio. We love cardio because it gets our heart rates up. We get sweaty. We feel jack, you know, we feel that. Whereas weightlifting intensity is different. It's a exhaustion burning and you don't necessarily sweat a lot when you are weightlifting. I don't, I'm not a sweaty person, but I'm making sure that I'm putting in enough intensity. So how do you know that you're lifting enough or that your intensity is good enough during a weight training session because it's different than a cardio session? With a weight training session, you want to be lifting heavy. And what I mean by heavy is heavy enough that you need to create a stimulus to force your body to change. How do I know if I'm lifting heavy enough? That's always the question. This correlates with intensity. You want to be lifting once you're confident with your uh, form. That's number one. Making sure that you're confident with the form of the exercise that you're doing so it doesn't lead to injury and that you're also recruiting enough muscles and things like that or once you're comfortable with your form, you want to be lifting heavy enough that if you're doing, say, for example, a set of 10 or a set of 12 or a set of eight, whatever it might be, that you are lifting enough that 
the last few reps of that set are hard. Now I'm not talking about impossible. I'm not talking about your form is starting to go to shit, but it's starting to get hard enough where you might have to take like a half second in between each rep. Like you're doing a bicep curl, you lower it down, you kind of have to take a half second, big breath, and then go again, like that kind of intensity, but you're still able to finish that set with proper form. Most women, when they're first starting out with weight training, they don't lift enough. They don't lift enough. They're stuck on the five pounds or the eight pound weights. And it's something that me as a trainer, I have to encourage them like, okay, we're going to up your weights to this one. So one other way to gauge how much you should be lifting is if you are doing a rest. So you do your set of 10, then you do a rest. If during that rest time, after 30 seconds, you're feeling ready to go, and you're ready for your next set, that's an indication that you need to lift heavier. Um, One other thing is, is when you're having your rest periods, rest during that rest period. I'm not talking about lay down on the ground. I'm not talking about sit on your phone for 20 minutes, but a lot of people, especially women, love that high heart rate feeling. And what generally happens when you're lifting weights is your heart rate spikes while you're lifting weights, but then it comes down quickly. It's not like cardio. So what they'll want to do is they'll want to do things like burpees or run on the spot or something like that when they're doing their rest period. No, just stop. Rest. If you have enough energy during your rest period to be doing burpees or something like that, you need to lift heavier during your set. (laughs) So it's kind of an indication of how much you need to lift. If you're feeling like after 30 seconds, you're ready to go, or you feel like I have energy for burpees during your set, then you need to be doing more weight. You can walk around during your set. That's one of my favorite ways to actually get steps in is all during my rest, I'll walk around. So that's fine. You can walk around. Um, but yeah, you don't need to be doing burpees or running on the spot or anything like that. Um, you want to be lifting heavy enough that when you're done your set, you need at least a minute long break. And I'll talk a little bit about rest here in a minute. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the goal of intensity. And that's why I also say that you don't want to be doing a dozen different exercises per workout, because if you're really going to be bringing that top intensity and that hard work into each and every set, you're going to be there for hours and you're going to burn out. So 45 minutes to an hour, decrease the amount of exercises that you have up the weight that you're doing them so that you're hitting each set with a good amount of intensity that's going to create that stimulus to create change. And you're going to have enough energy for that hour long workout. So I hope that helps kind of clarify it. So let's talk about recovery next. Recovery is super important because that is where your body literally recovers. And that's where muscle growth happens and change happens. If we don't get enough recovery, you're going to burn out. You're going to be more prone to injuries. You are going to see less results. And this is where the kind of like less is more comes in. So if you're doing six days a week of strength training and you're hitting the intensity that you need to be hitting during those strength training sessions, your body's not going to recover properly, which is why it is better to do fewer workouts with better intensity and have more rest. And in this, I'm also going to talk about sleep. So recovery, definitely making sure that you have at least two rest days from the weights a week on those rest days. Like I mentioned before, you can be doing other activity. You don't have to be doing nothing, but you're giving the weights a break so that your tissues and your central nervous system and things like that can heal. A lot of people don't really think about the effects that weightlifting or strength training has on our central nervous system, but it's a stressor. It is a stressor on our central nervous system. So it is good to have those days of the week off so that your whole body, mind, emotions, physical, central nervous system can all recover. 
So very important on those days to make sure that you are staying away from the weights and that you can do stretching, you can do mobility, you can do a little bit of cardio, you can go for a walk, whatever it might be, just leave the weights alone. Um, let's include in that sleep. So sleep is also so important for muscle growth. And again, something that a lot of people don't really think about is how important sleep is, but sleep, just like anything else ties into everything in our life. So if we're sleeping properly and you're getting a good amount of sleep, you're going to recover better. Your central nervous system is also going to recover better with better sleep. You're going to make better choices, um, as far as nutrition goes and going to the gym and having energy to go to the gym, um, as well as sleep helps with, um, fat loss, muscle growth, all that kind of stuff. I cannot stress the importance of sleep just for everything and anything in life. I cannot stress it enough. So definitely if you have control of your sleep, I understand if you're a shift worker, if you're a parent of young kids, like I am, sometimes that just doesn't work out for you. (laughs) But if you have control over it, if you're staying up late watching Netflix or you're scrolling TikTok till one in the morning and getting shit for sleep, make changes so that you can have that under control and you can make better choices. It's one of the things that actually I didn't really used to pay much attention to for my clients, but over the past year and a bit, I've been paying more attention to it with my clients and asking them more about their sleep and stuff. And so many of them have told me about how they've made changes to their sleep habits over the past year and just how much better they feel, how much better they feel, how much more patient they am, how they are, how much more energy they have, um, the improvements that they see in their nutrition because they actually have energy and they don't have brain fog anymore. So above anything, just get better sleep for your overall health and mental, physical well-being. <laughs> but definitely it's one of the important building blocks of building muscle is getting proper sleep. The next thing that I also wanted to touch on is follow a program, follow a program. Do not wing it. When you are wanting to build muscle and build strength, there is strategy that is, that comes into play. And that chain of so many people will tell me, I get bored of my workouts. I get bored of my workouts so easily. So I change my workouts all the time, but then they'll say in the same breath that they're not seeing any results. That's because you don't follow a program. If you want to see results, you need to follow a program. So whether you make up that program yourself, whether you seek out a coach or a trainer to help you with that program, or whether you find one on bodybuilding.com and you follow that, whatever it might be, you just need to fucking stick to it. You need to stick to that program. Generally, I recommend with a strength training program, don't change it for at least four to six weeks. If you're a newbie, if you are a newbie, you can probably even go longer without changing it. Um, But for the average person, changing things up every four to six weeks kind of just helps break up the monotony a little bit. But even then, when you're changing your program, you don't need to make drastic changes. You want to still follow a similar program in how you designed it. Um, but you can swap exercises out, maybe, uh, swap different stances, try a different machine or something like that, but you should still have the gist of the same exercises. So when I say change your program, I don't mean going from a regular strength training program to now a cardio program. That's not going to get you strength results. I'm talking about strength training program to strength training program. We're comparing apples and apples. There's different types of apples, but we're still comparing apples. So for example, what I would do for somebody who is like brand new, say we go for, um, 
a body weight squat to now we're adding squats with weight. Say we're adding squats with a dumbbell. Then I might have them do squats with a kettlebell. Then I'll have them while all the time increasing weight. So then I'll set them new goals for their weights. And then eventually I might have them do squats on a Smith machine for fun, or I'll have them go from there to squats on a barbell with a box. Then I'll have them take away the box and they're doing barbell back squats. Then we might do barbell front squats. We're still doing a squat, but it's all different ways of doing it and progressing it so that you're making gains the whole time. So that's what I mean. You might start, for example, with just a dumbbell Romanian deadlift. Then after four to six weeks, you might do a kettlebell deadlift. Then after four to six weeks, maybe you're going to try a trap bar deadlift. Then after another four to six weeks, you'll do a regular barbell deadlift, whatever it might be. But you're doing different types and you might do a Romanian deadlift or you might do a conventional deadlift. You might do a sumo deadlift. All of those things are still the same lift. It's still a deadlift, but the different stances and things like that all create different stimulus and how the deadlift impacts your muscle gains. So it's definitely a great way to progress things around. Um, but that would be kind of like the progression that I would have somebody go over the course of six months to a year. The other thing that you have to understand with the program is you need to be consistent. I, if you have followed me for any length of time, you're probably so tired of me saying the word consistent, but I cannot stress enough how important it is to be consistent. (laughs) So if you are wanting to build muscle mass, make strength gains, weight loss, whatever that might be, you need to be consistent. So what I mean by being consistent is not being perfect, but just showing up week over week, month after month and focusing on that. So to me, it doesn't matter if somebody strength trains three days a week or six days a week. What, how long can you stay consistent with that for? Most people can't stay consistent with strength training six days a week, but they probably can with three days a week. And that to me is going to get you so much farther in the long run versus strength training six days a week for three weeks. Whereas if you can train three days a week for four months, that's going to get you so much farther. So whatever you want to do, just as long as you can be consistent with it is the most important thing. And understand that you need to be super patient. So not only are you being consistent, but you're being ridiculously fucking patient because building muscle takes years. It's years of hard work. You're not going to gain 20 pounds of muscle mass in a year. At the most, the average woman who has perfect nutrition, perfect programming, and is on top of their progressive overload and bringing the right intensity and all that, in their first year of training, a woman can build about 10 pounds a year. The, the range is about eight to 10, eight to 12 pounds, but I will call it an average of 10 pounds a year. And then actually what happens is after that, every year following that first year, you're going to build less and less muscle. It sucks. <laughs> so somebody who has been lifting for, let's say, you know, 12 to 15 years for them to gain five pounds of muscle mass is going to take them significantly longer than it would somebody who's in their first year of training, which is crazy, right? It's completely crazy. You wouldn't think that it would be that way for somebody, same thing with strength gains for somebody to add, let's say 50 pounds onto their deadlift. Um, and they've been training for, let's say 10 years, it's going to take them a crazy long amount of time. Like I'm talking well over a year to put that amount of weight onto their deadlift. Whereas somebody who literally just started weight training and just started deadlifting, they could add 50 pounds onto their deadlift within a matter of a few months. 
Like it's crazy. So understand that, yes, when you first start, you're going to make significant gains really quickly and you're going to notice your strength go up a lot and then it's going to slow down as the years go on. And that's completely normal. And that's what I mean by it takes years to build muscle mass. So yes, you'll get a really good gain at first, but then it slows down. But that time and that patience and that progressive overload and still working on things over and over for years and years is what gets you to that ultimate goal. So understand, so just be aware of that, that it takes years. It takes years to achieve that body that you're thinking of in your mind. It takes years to build muscle mass and to get that big booty that you really want. You don't get that in 90 days. You don't get that in four months. It takes years to build that. And it's not a bad thing. And this isn't to discourage you. It's just to give you the reality check that it takes time and that it's not going to happen instantaneously. So just be aware of that, that you're in this for the long haul. <laughs> you are in this for the long haul. Um, I wanted to chat also just a little bit about programming. If you're wanting to build your own program, how would you do it? How would you tailor your sets and reps and things like that? So I'm going to kind of just base this off like a four, three or four day a week, um, workout program. But basically when you are programming your workouts, kind of generally what you want to do is your heaviest, hardest lifts are at the beginning of the workout. So you have the right amount of intensity and effort and energy for that. And then you can kind of do more of the less intense, I'll say, or the less muscle involving work um, exercises as the workout goes on. So for example, if I was going to do a um, three day a week program, upper body, lower body and full body. What I would do is the first, I would do my three main lifts. So kind of your three big lifts, your squats, your deadlifts and your bench press. I would put those at the beginning of each workout. And if I was doing four days a week and say you wanted to work on a pull-up or something like that, then I would do like something mimicking a pull-up or a really heavy lift or a really heavy dumbbell row or something like that. If I was doing four days a week, I would do it on the fourth day. So I'm programming it so that my heaviest, most intense compound. And what I mean by compound lift is it's including a lot of muscle groups. You're recruiting a lot of muscle fibers. So your squats, your deadlifts and your bench press or a pull-up, those are kind of the big lifts where you're doing lots of different, um, where lots of different muscle groups are supporting that lift. I'll put those at the beginning. And then and after that, then I might do like a couple of supersets. So a superset, meaning that you're doing two exercises back to back with a, or, and with a superset, you can either do, like, you can either do muscles that complement each other or exercises that complement, um, exercises that are like opposing. And then what I mean by opposing muscle groups would be like, for example, a bench press. So working the chest and then some kind of a row that works my back. Um, or I would do like a squat or a lunge that works my quad muscles. And then I would do like a hamstring curl that works my, um, hamstrings. So those, that's what I mean by opposing muscle groups. Complementing muscle groups would be like, for example, doing a bench press and then a tricep dip. Triceps are involved in the bench press. Um, and then you would do a little bit extra. That's a really easy, like that's a really big way of burning yourself out. So I would not necessarily do that if I was a beginner and more advanced lifter, then definitely go ahead and do that. Um, or you can do completely opposite. So I'll, another one that I'll superset commonly would be like a leg exercise and let's say a core 
exercise. So I would do something like a hip thrust, barbell hip thrust, and I would superset it with a core exercise. That's another way that you can kind of work supersets. So yeah, so I would do my big compound lift, maybe a superset, maybe another exercise by itself that takes a little bit more energy. And if you wanted another superset in there, you could. How many exercises you do kind of depends on how many days a week you do. If you do three days a week, you might need closer to six exercises in your workout. Whereas if you do four days a week, you could probably get away with four or five as long as you're bringing the right intensity to each workout. As far as rep ranges, that's another really common question that I get. Rep ranges depend on your goal and where you're at, but it's good, I always say, to have a variety. It's good to have a variety. So kind of the main rep ranges are zero to three being super intense lifting. That's for like more advanced people who are wanting to see what their PRs are and that kind of thing. Our four to six reps is getting into your still really quite heavy lifting. Six to eight being very like muscle and strength building is definitely in there. Um, it's not as intense as the one to three or four to six, six to eight reps being that really like you're focusing a lot on strength gains and you're really pushing your strength eight to 10 reps being very much, it's all, it's kind of known as like the hypertrophy range, but really all of these ranges are going to help build muscle mass. Um, 12 reps plus is kind of getting more into your endurance. Like you're going to be lifting lighter weights because your muscles are going to need more endurance to finish those. So those are the different variety of rep ranges. You can work them into your program however you see fit. If you really want to make strength gains with your squat or your deadlift, probably that eight, six to eight, depending if you're a more advanced lifter or eight to 12 rep range is perfect. If you're really wanting to have muscle endurance and things like that, then kind of going 12 reps plus. Um, a what I like to do is kind of start my workout programs with fewer reps and then do more reps as I go. So kind of like my finishers of my workouts are like for 12 to 15 reps. And that just kind of get that little burn and that kind of like fun at the end of the workout, but you don't have to do it that way. Um, I just find that like, as I go along my workout, I'm lifting less weight and I'm starting to run out of energy. <laughs> so definitely making sure that if I'm wanting to do something, let's say in the six to eight rep range that I'm doing it at the beginning of my workout out when I have enough energy for it. Set ranges also kind of depend on what you're doing. Generally three to four sets is your average amount of sets. Some people will do five sets if they're doing less reps. That's more kind of like for advanced lifters. If you're just beginning anywhere from three to four sets per muscle group is great. Once you're kind of doing like four sets for everything, uh, it gets to be a bit of a long workout. So just keep that in mind that generally three sets is kind of average. Another question that people ask me is rest between sets. How long should I be resting for? Anywhere from one to two minutes. And if you're doing a heavy compound lift, say, for example, you're doing deadlifts for like six reps uh, for four sets, you're probably going to need like three minutes plus for a rest. So just keeping in mind, it all depends on how heavy you're lifting, how intense it is. But anywhere from 60, 60 to 90 seconds is kind of average for those kind of like 10 to 12 rep ranges. And the more that you are lifting or the heavier that you're lifting with less reps, probably the more set or the more rest that you're going to need. So I hope that kind of clears up programming and things like that. I'll briefly touch on nutrition as well. Um, so let's get into the nutrition side of things. Nutrition supports training and recovery. 
So if we're talking, I'm going to just kind of talk about nutrition in terms of muscle building. I'm not really going to talk about nutrition in terms of weight loss because I've done many other podcasts on that. If you're wanting to build muscle or build strength, you cannot be in a severe calorie deficit. Calorie deficits are for fat loss or weight loss, um, but you can't be in a crazy, you know, five to 700 calorie a day calorie deficit and expect to make strength gains. You can't be eating 1200 calories a day and expect to make muscle gains. Like it's not enough fuel. Your body needs fuel to gain muscle mass. Now, the optimum way to gain muscle is to be at maintenance or a slight surplus. That's if you're wanting to really bulk, like you really want to put on muscle, you can be at maintenance or a slight surplus, and that will help give your body enough fuel to be able to build muscle mass. Yes, if you're going into a bulk and you're in a surplus, you may gain a slight amount of body fat, but you can always go into a cut later to cut to reduce that um, through a calorie deficit later on. But it helps support training and recovery. So calories are important. You're wanting to make sure that you are eating enough calories that your body's going to have enough energy. If you want to lose fat, like say you're losing weight and you're strength training, you can still gain some muscle mass in a and some strength in a calorie deficit. You can. It is possible. A lot of people will say it's not possible. No, it is. Especially if you're brand new, you're going to make newbie gains, even if you're in a calorie deficit. Uh, is it optimum? No, uh, definitely not. If you're wanting to really put on muscle mass, of course, being in a maintenance or in a slight surplus is going to give you more gains for muscles. But if you want to lose fat and you want to gain muscle, you can do it um, over time, right? Like we don't do it in a single workout, but you can do it over time where you're losing body fat and building some muscle mass. It is possible. However, though, being in a severe calorie deficit won't work. So a more slight calorie deficit will be better for building muscle mass and losing body fat. Um, Protein intake is kind of the one main things that people need to be mindful of when they want to make muscle and strength gains because protein is the building blocks for building muscle. If you're not eating enough protein, your body isn't going to be able to build enough muscle tissue for your muscles while they're in recovery. So definitely making sure that you're eating enough protein. How much protein do I eat? Anywhere is between 0.8 to one gram per pound of lean body weight or your goal weight. So if you're wanting to lose weight and say your goal weight is 150 pounds, 0.8 to one gram per pound of body weight for 150 pounds. Um, it used to be a big thing where like, oh, you need to eat 1.5 grams per pound of body weight. Uh, that's a very old school bodybuilding mentality. If you're just average Jane, like I am wanting to put on some muscle mass, 0.8 to one gram per pound of lean body weight is a perfect amount of protein. So protein intake is important. It's something that oftentimes I find a lot of women don't eat enough of. Uh, so it's something to track, I would say for the first little while to make sure that you're getting in sufficient protein so that your muscles can have the fuel it needs to be able to grow and change. The other thing is carbs. A lot of people don't really think about this, but your body's going to need carbohydrates for energy. You need energy for your workouts. So yes, making sure that you are taking in and you are eating carbs is going to help you in your goals for building muscle mass and strength. You need to have carbs, especially before your workout. So if you're wanting to get fueled up for your workout, a good rule of thumb is to eat some kind of carbohydrate and some kind of protein at least 90 minutes before your workout. So a perfect actually pre-workout food is a sandwich 
or a wrap or something like that, where you have a good amount of carbs, good amount of protein, a little bit of fat to keep you full. Um, and that will be a great pre-workout snack. So don't be afraid of carbs. Don't shy away from carbs, especially when you're wanting to build muscle mass. They help for energy so that you can actually get the energy that you need to have a good intense lift. Your muscles and your body's preferred source of energy is glucose, which comes from carbohydrates. So don't shy away from carbs. They will be helpful. It would be brutal to try to train heavy lifting, intense lifting on a low carb diet. That sounds not ideal to me. Um, so definitely don't shy away from carbs and make sure that you're getting insufficient protein to help complement your training. And also that you're drinking enough water and things like that as well. I hope that this gave you a good amount of advice. It actually ended up being a little bit longer of a podcast than I thought it would be, but I really hope that in this episode, you were able to get an idea of why strength training and why muscle building is important, how to get started, what kinds of things do you need to keep in mind and what's super important as far as programming, things like that. And also a general idea of how to program your workouts for yourself if you really want to. Um, again, if you're not interested in program programming your workouts for yourself, seek out a coach. Like, honestly, it's our job to help people do this. And as a coach and as a trainer, that's literally like my job is to help people reach their goals and give them the plan that they need. So they don't have to put in the guesswork themselves. So if you're a busy mom, like I am, and you've got a lot going on and between work and all that kind of stuff. And you're like, I don't have time to program my own workouts and I don't know what to do. Seek help from a coach. Definitely that's our job and we can help you streamline things to make it easier for you so you're not having to put in the guesswork yourself. We do that for you. So I hope that this episode was helpful for you and that you were able to get the information that you needed out of it. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love and appreciate a five-star written review on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. It helps increase visibility of the podcast so that more people can see it and it can help more awesome people just like you. If you don't already, feel free to follow me on social media. The best place to follow me is probably on Instagram. That's where I am the most. I will leave a link in the show notes for that. And you can find me on there. And if you do find me through um, on Instagram through the podcast, shoot me a message. I love nothing more than to chat with people. And um, I love it when I hear people say that they found me by listening to the podcast. As well as if you are interested in my online coaching or online training options, as well as if you're interested in my online training options or you're wondering about what services I offer as a personal trainer, I can actually work with anybody from anywhere all over the place. So feel free to reach out to me through my website, www.fitlikeagirl.ca. I will post that in the show notes. From there, you can reach out to me through my contact form, ask me any questions, or if you are like, hey, I need help with my workout programs and I need some help with my goals, feel free to fill out my online training inquiry form and we can chat and see if it's right for you. Otherwise, I just wanted to say thank you so much again for listening and I hope that you have a great day. Take care, fam.